Classic hip hop shit. Dr. DRE, Rose and Jay. Let's get them. We started out mopping floors, and now we front row with the awards. Number one for the last 20 years. If you real, motherfucker, scream cheers. Motherfucker, scream cheers. And it, it is what it is. Welcome back to another episode of the Three Kings Podcast. It's your unfriendly neighborhood podcast providing news, politics, and opinions with a hip-hop flair to it. I'm your gracious host, T-Serve. So, welcome back, everybody. Uh, I want to start off by introducing my two very distinguished co-hosts. Let's start off with uh, White Mother Rob, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, studio audience. What's going on, Rob? I'm chilling, man. How are you? Good, good. Yeah. How's your Saturday? It's uh, hey man, I'm loving it, man. Shit, it's uh, springtime, you know, almost. Mm, yeah, um, yeah, it's in the fifties, so. Uh, yeah, but you know, yesterday was nice though. Yeah, yesterday it was, was windy, nice. but it was like in the seventies. But yeah, even like it feels like a tease though. Yeah, but even like um, daylight savings time, man, it just improves everything. Man. Yeah, that's true. Mood. That's true. More, more day, more, uh, more of a day. It's not like nighttime when it gets it's like four thirty, five o'clock. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I <laughs> uh, also want to introduce you guys to uh, my second very distinguished co-host. It's your favorite mass hole. It's the black, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's going on, good people? What's going on? So what, what you guys been up to? Yeah, man. Um, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know, just taking on the masters, cracking up the whip. Oh, shit. <laughs> shit. Yeah, that sounds serious. Yeah, it really is fucking work. Watch out for your foot. Don't let him cut it off. Man, I'm trying not to. I'll be running for the border. <laughs> Hope they hopefully don't build that wall anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, that wall be high hard to scale with one foot. I know, word, word, nah, man. But you know, I'm just get chilling. Out of candy land. I know. <laughs> but before I go, <laughs> light off a few sticks of dynamite. <laughs> nah, the same old shit, man. Just here in the rotten apple. Okay. Okay. You know what, I mean? what about you, Rob? Anything new? <laughs> I got into another road race incident. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what the fuck is going on with this guy? What is going on? Yo, you got warrants, man. He ain't telling us. He got warrants. Wait a minute. Hold up. Okay. Let's hear it. You right? This, uh, last Sunday. Uh huh. Same thing, man. Yoga. Afternoon. Yoga. Coming back from Target. <laughs> <laughs> on a Sunday. Okay. Uh, my phone was dead, so I, I, try, I was trying to plug it up, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't even know what I did, but this guy just comes in and just cuts me off, right? Mm-hmm. He just cuts right in front of me. Mm-hmm. This guy was angrier than I uh, than I was. That's hard to do. So I was like, "Fuck, man!" Fuck. I was like, and then he sped off. He don't know who I'm here. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then he sped off. So I was like, uh-huh. "Fuck you, man!" Uh-huh. I chased after him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> They cut me off, man, and speed off, man. Luckily, he got cut off at the, at the red light. Uh-huh. So I pull up uh-huh. right next to him. I look him uh, You know, I mug him. I'm like, what? Bro, yeah, he, this guy was angry. He's like, you think you're angry? <laughs> oh, my bitch. <laughs> he rolled down his window. I rolled down my window. Uh-huh. He's like, yeah, that's why you can't drive because you're on your phone. I was like, damn, my phone is dead, man. So I was like... Not on my phone, you know what I'm saying, motherfucker. My phone is dead. You want to look? You know what I'm saying. So we just started going at it. Uh huh. Fuck you, this. Fuck you, that. 
Uh-huh. What you going to do this? What you, what you going to do, nigga? Mm-hmm. You know, he's a, <laughs> a black dude. <laughs> really? Another angry black male. Y'all put the car in park and got out? Oh, man. We argued through the whole fucking red light. <laughs> really? <laughs> and then finally he was like, fuck you. And then he just sped off again, man. I was like, damn. <laughs> you didn't chase him some more? I was like, I got to get a hold of myself, man. I'm, too, I'm, I'm very... I'm angry for some reason, man. <laughs> that yoga isn't working, apparently. I'm like, damn, man. I mean, so, isn't, isn't yoga supposed to, like, center you and, like, get you to. away from all this shit? Well, obviously, in traffic, man, something just snaps. It's those trips to Target. Maybe, but, you, should, maybe you should start taking the Metro instead. Maybe, man. <laughs> or maybe start utilizing Amazon more and just order my shit. Right? Stop, don't leave the house. Yeah, man. <laughs> Damn. But that guy was angrier than I was, man. <laughs> really, I wanted to be like, yo, bro, chill out. <laughs> <laughs> you tell him to chill out. That's something. That is something. Hey, that's some shit. That's something, man. <laughs> I said, like, man, I got to stop doing this shit, man. Oh, that's funny. That's crazy. Uh, one thing One thing that I saw th- this week, um, we were talking, remember what we were talking about, um, as Rob called them bums, uh, last time. <laughs> the homeless. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I saw something uh, also uh, this weekend when it came to, came to the homeless. So I was I um, I got to a, to a red light and there was a guy. He was holding a, a sign uh, to uh, you know my homeless uh, give money whatever. And uh, but he was uh, he was he was wearing a MAGA hat. Wow. So <laughs> it gets better. He was a black guy. Oh shit. Wearing a wow. MAGA hat and he was like and he was and he was like. He he went. He was like going from like car to car, and uh, he he like like kind of got to my car. He like looked at me. He didn't even like really bother like like trying to ask for, ask for anything. And then he like kind of like rearranged his maga hat to like make, to, like make it like more prominent and everything, and kept going. I mean, there's a lot of military people. Like it was like right around here, so he's right uh, close to like a lot of military stuff yeah. or whatever. So you know the crowd that he was going for or whatever. So what's so what's worse? Like so a, a dude where a dude with a with an iPhone. Like a dude wearing a MAGA hat, who's more likely to get your money? None of them, but <laughs> the MAGA guy probably. The MAGA guy, he's he's more likely to get your money. No, no, less, less likely, likely. Less likely to get my money. Okay, okay. Mm. What about you, T Black? Yeah, I agree. I'll <laughs> give it at least the iPhone shit. <laughs> it's whatever, but a MAGA hat, fuck that. I'm giving you my money for. Mm, okay. Yeah, man. Like, come on. You give up, mm-hmm. pull yourself up, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That, mm-hmm. That's the whole uh, mantra of the MAGA people, right? That is true. That uh, is true. Find your find your bootstraps and pull yourself up. That mm-hmm. is that is kind of true. I yeah. mean, I don't say why you would like you know wear that and you know and uh, like uh, yeah, dude, somebody would just tell you to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I don't say I don't say why you would uh, you'd wear that, right? No, Trump would be he he would be embarrassed to see you <laughs> wearing that hat. He'd be begging embarrassed for money. and begging for change. He'll be embarrassed. He'd be like, "What kind of shit is that? Take that hat from him." Like, it's this, not good for the brand. This is what MAGA brought me. Exactly. <laughs> and shit. Oh, before we get started, I want I want to do like you know, sort of like what Rob does with TV shows with music. You know what I'm saying? With some of the new music coming out, the real underground, grimy hip hop. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Keeping it real gangster. Mm-hmm. So keep your ears out, man, for, you know, West Side Gun and Conway. You know what I mean? Buffalo MCs right now buzzing okay. through the underground. You know what I mean? Um, Conway definitely is getting that, that look. You know what I'm saying? Most recently, his um, black tape. And then he has one that's more recent, but 
He making moves, man. Conway. So check them out, man. Buffalo MCs, the whole Griselda movement. You know what I mean? So just want to put that out there, man. Westside Gun. Yeah, Westside Gun, Conway. That whole Buffalo movement. They, okay. It's real. Griselda. Yeah, yeah. I'm really checking for them cats, man. They nice. Okay. That's what's up. That's what's up. Right. Def- definitely yeah. look out for that. Definitely look out. Okay. All you right. guys ready to get these mathematics? Yeah. Let's do it. It's mathematics. Mighty most definitely. It's simple mathematics. Check it out. I'm a ball around science. What are we talking about here? Mighty most definitely. It's simple mathematics. That's right. It's simple mathematics where we talk about the news and events going around around the country and around the world. So um, let's start off with um, the uh, anti-hate resolution uh, passed by the House. Uh, so the House recently voted uh, to condemn to condemn anti-Semitism and other forms of hate after a protracted dispute uh, fractured the Democratic Party over its handling of racially charged comments about Israel by freshman Representative Ilan Omar, Democrat from uh, Minnesota. Uh, Omar, a Somali American and one of the only Muslim members of Congress, said last, uh, said uh, recently that uh, pro-Israel advocates quote pushed for allegiance to a foreign country, unquote. Earlier this year, she apologized for suggesting that Israel's influence in Washington was based on money. So, what do you guys think about the anti-hate resolution? Bullshit. Bull fucking shit, man. And shame on the Democrats for this fucking ploy. Um, Like, it, it makes me angry, man, because... For a few things, because like any criticism of Israel uh, is people uh, interject uh, anti-Semitism whenever anyone criticizes the policies of the Israeli government. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like they act like you cannot um, criticize Netanyahu and the you know the current right-wing government of Israel, Mm -hmm. and if you do, they call you an anti-Semite. And if you look at all the statements that uh, Representative Omar say, none, none of them were even close to being uh, anti-Semitic. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like she said, um, money? Duh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They, all these uh, lobby groups, they fund um, candidates, and they give them money uh, if you vote with them. Wait a minute. Are you, are you trying to imply that, that money might sway candidates? Is that what you're trying to imply? <laughs> shocking. Here? It's shocking. I know it's shocking, man. Um, but you know, so such nonsense, you know, and one of the uh, most cynical ploys that I saw was by, um, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, Uh um, because she went there, right? Like she was, she was on pushing for the, for just a resolution, uh, condemning what, uh, Omar said. Uh Um, and it's, you know, I think... What she was trying to accomplish was trying to knock them, you know, trying to not, trying to put them in their place, right? Like these new, energetic, liberal representatives mm-hmm. that just came into power. She was trying to put them in their place mm-hmm. by using the, the anti-Semite card, man. And I thought I found that just so cynical and just so disgusting that like, she's one of the people that I, I, I really dislike. She's in, like in one Washington. The, like, she's one of the worst Democrats like out there. Honestly, she is. She she's the one. I mean, she's she's the one. She was in charge of the DNC when they when they mm-hmm. when they fucked Bernie Sanders over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. It, it, 
It's just, man, you you look at the whole situation, right? And you're saying to yourself, wait, so you mean to tell me that just because she criticizes not not our own government, which she can, which she could criticize the the government, even though she's a Congress, you know, Congresswoman and with all the fuck shit they be pulling. Mm -hmm. But she has a comment about another country and their policies, which, you know, we can examine that and go through that all day and see some of the, the bullshit and disparities and just the unfairness that exists there. But that makes her an anti-Semite? What the fuck kind of shit is that? Like, I could not understand. And then it's like they, they forced her to apologize. Forcing her. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, wow, man, that, that tells me a lot about where we are and the climate we're in. That we can, you cannot have an opinion nor criticize anything about Israel. Mark Lamont Hill went through this shit, you know what I'm saying, a few months back. Right. You know, where he had a comment, you know, in terms of the, the you know, the injustice that's going on over there with the Palestinian brothers and sisters. And they, they basically, you know, kicked him off CNN for that shit. And it was like, you know, people have a right to an opinion. Whatever happened to the land of the free, home of the brave, you have the right to, you know, freedom of speech and all this shit. All of a sudden, though, but when it comes to Israel, oops, don't don't say that. But guess what? talk shit about black people all day we don't we talk about reparations and i know we'll talk about that later on but we talk about reparations jesus christ we know (laughs) we know about you know the holocaust and their reparations they deserve everything but when you talk about reparations in our own homeland oh that that, that's controversial but anyway you know it's just one of those things where pelosi you know she shocked she made me she shocked me i was like man you're a sucker, man. I can't. I can't stand her some days. Anyway, but that's neither here nor there. And yeah, and, and Debbie Wasserman Schultz, man. I mean, you gotta expect her to be on. You know, to defend her culture and defend her. You know, her, I guess I don't know. If she's from there, so I won't say her birthright. She's American. She's American, but you know, she has to defend her culture, right? I yeah, mean, she's I, I, but it's so cynical. That's that's the part that bothers me, man. Like she knew that that it wasn't a you know. Those comments were not anti-Semitic, man. She got that. She just—it's a ploy, man. It's, it's just, pandering. It's, yeah, it's all—it's all pandering to a to a to a specific group. I mean, that it, yeah, it like even like the, you talk about the Mark Lamont Hill comments. I mean, those were very, 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 very. T- those weren't even like even anything close to be anti-Semitic. They, they he just said something. Uh, mm-hmm. That Palestine should be free from the river to the sea, and then they try to say, "Oh, the phrase from the river to the sea—that's that's anti-Semitic or whatever." So, nah. I mean, they're basically taking anything that that you say that if you if you're against if you're in against any kind of Israeli policy, mm-hmm. then they'll parse they'll parse your words for any kind of phrase or whatever, and say, "Oh, you know what? This part of this part of your speech, <laughs> uh, this 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 little this little phrase that you said, oh, you know what? That that's anti-Semitic. Yeah. So so, so yeah. we so we, we we condemn you. We condemn you for being for being anti-Semitic. You know, yeah. we're gonna fire you. Do do all this stuff. Meanwhile, um, these these same people are absolutely one hundred percent fine with Israeli soldiers killing killing news reporters." Killing, um, killing, uh, like with snipers, Israeli snipers, killing news reporters, killing uh, UN, killing a me- medic, medical people, uh, peacekeepers, all kind of, all kind, all kind of shit at the uh, at the uh, Israeli Palestinian border. Mm-hmm. They 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 won't say shit about that. As a matter of fact, they'll they'll even they'll even like defend Israeli's position, Israel's position, saying saying stupid shit like um, you know they're they're, they're using like uh, civilians as shields and shit like that, which. Mm-hmm. There's no proof of that, and and you know it's just it's just a, a talking point because really when it comes to a lot of these people, whatever Israel does, they're they'll, they'll willing to defend it 100. percent I mean, at the very most, maybe they'll like 
say like a little bit, oh, maybe maybe Israel shouldn't have done that. And then when Israel pushed back, oh, but wait, I still support them. I still support Israel. hundred percent. Oh yeah, Israel. I still support Israel. So any any little little thing, they're they're so afraid of the uh, the APAC and the Israeli lobby that you know mm-hmm. they ha- they have to do whatever it, it takes to to appease them. Even even when we're talking about like a a right wing extreme right wing government in uh, mm-hmm. in Israel, mm-hmm. they they don't they don't care they don't care about any kind of um any kind of justice uh, any kind of um any kind of um. Uh, rights that Palestinians uh, deservedly should have over there. Right. Because it's all about the motherfucking money. Oh, tease. That's, <laughs> that's very anti-Semitic of you. It's all about the motherfucking money. Yeah, this might, this <laughs> might have to be our last podcast then, I guess. <laughs> Just Christ, I mean, I've never seen... It. You know, the IPAC and the Israeli lobby, I think the only other... Uh, lobby that comes close is the NRA. Yeah, yeah to where they yeah. are just completely unreasonable mm-hmm. on every front. Yep, mm-hmm. and it's 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 disgusting, man. Yep, it is exactly, it is. exactly. Uh, anyway, let's move on. Um, so uh, recently, uh, an article was uh, published about uh, Joe Biden's uh, desegregationist history. So, um, according to the article, article uh, when Joe Biden was a, a freshman senator in the mid-1970s, uh, Delaware was engulfed in a bitter battle over school busing, uh, debating whether children should be sent to schools in different neighborhoods to promote racial diversity. Uh, Biden spoke out repeatedly and forcefully against sending white children to majority black schools and black children to majority white schools. He played down the persistence of overt racism and suggested that the government should have a limited role in integration. Uh, Quote, I do not buy the concept popular in the 60s, uh, which said we have suppressed the black man for 300 years and the white man is now far ahead in the race uh, for everything our society offers. In order to even the score, we must now give the black man a head start or even hold the white man back to even the race. Uh, I don't buy that, unquote. Um, in language that bears on today's uh, debate about whether descendants of slaves should be compensated, he added, quote, I don't feel responsible for the sins of my father and grandfather. I feel responsible for what the situation is today, for the sins of my own generation, and I'll be damned if I feel responsible to pay for what happened 300 years ago, unquote. So what do you think about your vice president? <laughs> Damn, Joe. Damn, Fuck you, Joe. Shout out to DC, man. Fuck you, Joe. <laughs> it's like that, Joe. You know what I mean? Golly. Um, <laughs> I just like to remind everybody out there listening that uh, 10 years before that, another mm-hmm. candidate that's in the... Uh, in the, in, the, in the DNC primary, um, was getting arrested for protesting against uh, segregation. Um, his name is Bernie Sanders. You might want to look into that. You know, I'm just saying, right? Um, but Joe Biden. Okay, so this whole thing. <laughs> he was. I mean, it's a fact, man. It's a fact. Um, but the whole thing is this. Um, Bussing itself as a policy was destined to fail, right? What they should have addressed is the inequalities in funding for schools. 
Mm-hmm. Because it, it, that shit was bound to fail because parents who live in more affluent areas were never going to accept their kids being bused to less affluent areas. Mm-hmm. They're going to, you know, say, and, you know, rightfully, if you take the system as it is, they do have a point in saying that I worked hard and I bought a house and I'm paying this kind of mortgage in this area and I'm paying this local taxes and property taxes to fund the local schools. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's unfair for, for me for you to take my kids from my area and bust them to a, you know, a less, you know, wealthy area. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they have a point there. And I, I think that, you know, I think it's not fair given the way the system, you know, the system is. Um, but I think, like, Joe Biden, what he should have been trying to make is a point that like, I think we need to talk about as a, as a society is the fact that how we fund schools doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. The fact that we use local funding mm-hmm. um, just it creates it creates uh, inequality. It's like, a way. It's a way of keeping people out. It is exactly. definitely like a systematic way that's designed yeah. to keep to keep people to keep resources out of certain people's hands. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if we're all Probably Americans, taxes, yeah. if we're all, you know, let's say Virginians, Georgians, New Yorkers, mm-hmm. we should pull that money as a state and distribute it evenly. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. So everybody has the same. You know, start mm-hmm. uh, especially when you when it comes to like education. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I think it's bullshit. Like, and you guys may probably saw this. Like, I can speak on experience. Like, when I go to Atlanta, I, I drive by my old high school. Mm-hmm. It's in East Atlanta, right there by Grant Park, and Shouty <laughs> Zone Three Shouty. Mm-hmm. Um, and like when I was in high school, it was a poor area, right? It was just getting start gentrifying, right? But now it's like completely gentrified. Now, the the way even the way the school looks from the outside is completely different, man. Mm-hmm. Like that school mm-hmm. just had a fucking makeover that I didn't even fucking recognize. It looks like a fucking college campus, right? Like everything looks beautiful and pristine. Mm-hmm. When I was there, like the baseball field was fucked up. We didn't even have a dugout. <laughs> now, when I, when I looked at the, the the baseball field, it was like. Beautiful, you know what I mean, and that's just the outside. So you can only imagine the resources inside the building. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I know, T, you could probably talk about it. And you saw the riots that happened in, in Boston when they when I they was, did force. I wasn't alive. I mean, come the fuck you down. Probably, you probably, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what were you doing during those, those riots, T? Well, you know, like in the eighties. Huh? But you probably heard about it from the, like, of course, always. Oh, you know, yeah, everybody, I mean, you probably man. speak course, on that. But of course, he was, th- he was throwing a few uh, a few trash cans through <laughs> windows and shit. <laughs> Shit, I, well, I can tell y'all yeah. stories about my own little issues with those Southie cats when I was going to high school. But, you know, but to your point, Rob, you know, the one thing that you're speaking about, you know, your old neighborhood where you went to high school at, um, I was going to ask, had the housing prices, have they gone up as well? The appreciation of the home value? Tremendously, man. Like, of course, when I was in high school, that's when, like, people are just giving these houses away. Like, mm-hmm. 40 grand, 50 grand, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. To, oh, no. to, to investors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now these houses are worth like five hundred grand or whatever. Hey, there you go. So you gentrification, gentrification, <laughs> exactly. Hmm. Okay. There you go, and 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 that's what plays into it, right? Like, unfortunately, you're right. Like, even for me, I, I experienced it on both sides, on both fronts, where I was bust outside of the city, and I went into the affluent neighborhoods for high school um, for three years anyway, um, from t- sophomore year to senior year. And you're, and thank goodness, I was in a neighborhood where they were welcoming to the kids. I was in what they called the Metco program in Boston. 
And essentially, yeah, it allowed kids from the inner city of Boston to be able to attend high school outside of the city where schools were, you know, more, um, you know, prominent, had better curriculums and things like that and allowed you to, you know, get ahead, you know, so to speak. Unfortunately, because, you know, I did grow up in the inner city and because home values at the time when we were coming up in the late 80s, early 90s, probably dated myself, but it's all good. Um, Home, you know, shit was fucked up. It was depressing, right? Poverty was poverty. I'm broke, nigga, I'm broke. Crack was ill, you know. We we saw the the advent and then and the, the you know just the rise and just the continuance of the crack era. You know, we went through that. We saw that during that time in the late eighties, early nineties. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the schools were fucked up. I mean, I knew the war zone schools, you know, right in my neighborhood. You know, I was like, nope, can't go there. Nope, don't want to go there. Nope, too much drama in that spot. So we see that a lot. And to your point, Rob, it's funny. I, I remember a few years ago I was looking at entering. Um, education management and yeah and I did a lot of research on you know how public schools are funded and the, the system and how it works and it's it's asinine right of course the inner city schools would be fucked up because the most of the people living in the cities don't own they don't own homes right. so if they're not owning any homes then how are you going to be able to collect any tax to fund the schools in those neighborhoods and if the states and then when the state takes it over the state is basically taking it over only for test purposes they don't give a fuck about really you know the the, the you know the infrastructure of the school or the programs they they cut everything to a point where they gut the damn school so bad that they end up closing them that's really what happens when a lot of times when the state takes over. So that's not a solution. And to your point, man, and, and, and something that, you know, you see time and time again, and even where I live now, right, you can tell anytime the schools that are prominent, that are doing well and students are, you know, um, flourishing and going on to big and better, it's the neighborhoods where the home prices are Asinine, asinine, and high, asinine,ly high. I don't know if asinine is the word, but I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm on my Kanye West shit. Asinine, yeah, exactly, man. I mean, like, it's just think about it logically, like common sense. Even if you have a place where the the, the median income is like a, a hundred thousand and, and above, right? And you have another area where the uh, median income is like thirty thousand. Mm-hmm. You're talking about two completely different worlds, right? Yeah. And all you're doing by the, 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 system, the current system of funding schools is that, is that you're maintaining that system. Mm-hmm. You're making sure that, you know, these people always have an advantage <laughs> over this people, these people over here. You mean like college admission? It's fucking crazy, <laughs> man, when you think about it. Like, I, yeah. I, just think, I just think about it from my own experience, man. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I liked about Atlanta Public Schools, that mm-hmm. they had a program. I don't know if they had this in, in y'all cities, but... Mm-hmm. It's called uh, the Magnet Program. Yeah. Okay. And you could, if you did well enough in school, you could choose the high school that you wanted to go to. Yeah, they have that in New York, too. Like, if they specialize in, like, arts and design or computers Uh or whatever. It's super competitive, though. Yeah, it's very competitive. competitive. Like, I know, well, in Boston, we had what they call the exams high schools, right? So you had um, three schools. It was Boston Latin. Um, Boston Latin Academy, and then at the time, which it was named, it was called Boston Technical High School, but now they've renamed it to John D. O'Brien School of Mathematics and Science, some shit. So just those exam schools, but pretty much, mm-hmm. you pretty much would like um, tra- zoned into whatever school you know, your, wherever you, your neighborhood was. You okay. you know, if you didn't take an exam, you were fucked. You know, and then of course, you know, you can attend private schools or whatever, whatever. But yeah, you were pretty much fucked if you lived in a certain neighborhood. So yeah, we didn't have that opportunity like that. But um, yeah, it, yeah. it's all fucked up. Yeah, New York so, has New York has schools like that. It, it was um, mm-hmm. it's Brooklyn Tech. Okay. Um, 
uh, Bronx Science and uh, mm. Stuyvesant over in, in Manhattan. And those are like very tough schools to get into. You have to pass exams uh-huh. and shit. Extremely competitive, competitive get in, to get okay. into. Uh, they're, they're, they're public schools, but uh, but yeah, they're 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 extremely extremely tough to, to get into. Oh, so that sounds like the three schools I just mentioned. Yeah. Okay, so that, so okay, so yeah, I guess that was a magnet program because yeah, you could take as long as you can get in those three schools. But here's where it was fucked up, you know. And my bad, sir. I'll let you um, chime in on this. But what was fucked up about the exam schools in Boston, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I experienced this. So okay, so the pecking the pecking order, if you really want to look at it this way, is Boston Latin is the best. Then you have Boston Latin Academy and that like the third school, Boston Tech. We'll just use that name for now. And what happened was I took the exam and I got in to Boston Tech because that's what I chose, right? Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, I went to I went to um you know private school my first year of in my freshman year of high school. That's when I had the drama with the Southie kids fighting every fucking day. It was out of control. The motherfuckers mm-hmm. thought they were dealing with some fucking you know you know clown ass motherfuckers. Like, I don't go, know. Go to a hunting shit. They thought they thought they would. Hmm, we had to show them quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like apples? You Do know, you like apples? You know, we Malcolm Littles. Where I'm from. We whooping <laughs> ass, dog. We ain't fucking around. We 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 we, we are free. Yeah. <laughs> so we used to get it every day. And, we, and you know, my thing was my mom was paying money for me to go to school. You know, and the thing about it was a Catholic school at that. So I'm like, wait a fucking minute. My mother's paying money for me to come here and fight, and I could do that shit in a public school. Fuck this shit. I ain't dealing with this bullshit. So anyway, and then so they, they, were, they, were, they were like Larry Bird. You were like Robert Parrish. Man, I was I was chiefing those motherfuckers. I was whooping their ass like I, I Robert Parrish beat up Bill Lambert. <laughs> I was whooping. You know, that's a that's interesting. Yeah, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll need to hear the more details about those stories, yeah, man. You know, it, was, it was crazy, man. I'm telling you, fighting you, the sides. The Matt Damon. Race rides are real, bro. I'm telling you now. But word, yeah, we were definitely chop. But anyway, yeah. So what was crazy about the whole system about the exam schools? So I had taken the test, got into you know, let's call it the third rank um, t- um test school. So next in my sophomore year, I said, okay, well I took the exam and I passed. I should be able to, you know, I want to go to Boston Latin. You know, I'm I'm willing to take the test again, whatever. Basically, what I found out and what they told my mom and I was this. Because I got into Boston Technical um, High School at the time, and because I chose that as my top school that I wanted to go to, I had no choice but to go to that school. I couldn't take the test again. I had to go to, to that particular high school because that's what I chose. They even told my mom and I, your test scores were high enough that if you had chose Boston Latin, the top test school, you would got in. You could go. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, because you took the exam, you passed, and you were accepted into one school, you, you're tracked, essentially, right, into mm. that school. And, and, that's, and that's when I really discovered how fucked up education was, especially secondary education, high school education is fucked up in this country. That, and, then when, and if you ever want to really know how fucked up education is in, in this country, and I'm sure y'all brothers know about um, Waiting for Superman. Yeah. About that. Mm-hmm. That's when I realized the whole game of tracking. I haven't. Like, that's, I haven't. It's, it's a documentary. Documentary yeah. about how the tracking system in, in high schools and how how they track kids into particular you know um, career paths almost right. Tracks, like basically, yeah. Tracking yeah, tracking, yeah, it's real. And that's when I learned like, oh shit, I was tracked. Basically, I couldn't get out of my track. I had to go to that high school, and I did not have a choice. To say, okay, I'm I, again. I was willing to take the exam. I said, I'll take it again. Fuck it. You know what I'm saying? If y'all just want to make sure, and they said, oh no, no, no. You know your t- your exam scores were high enough, and you did well. Problem is though, you chose the third test school as your first choice, so you have to go to that school, the third ranked. And 
And so it, it just goes to show how fucked up the education system is and how it, it needs to be reformed on that front as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, to get back to Joe Biden, Joe Biden's a piece of shit. Yeah, um, I know. For, <laughs> <we're> all, right. <laughs> y'all talking about some other shit, but I just want to I want to emphasize the fact that Joe Biden's a piece of shit. Um, he was talking about, uh, you know, uh, doesn't believe that, you know, uh, black people have been suppressed or whatever. He doesn't want to have to pay for it. You know what? Joe Biden basically to me is he's been eliminated. I don't I don't I don't fuck with Joe Biden. Um, he I mean, he's he's proven he's he's proven himself to be uh, not an ally uh, to uh, the black community. So, um, yeah, as far as far as I'm concerned, you know, there's he's 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 gone. Yeah, I would never I would never vote for him. Uh, but he's he's proven he's proven that he's um, he's uh, he's basically against uh, anything that uh, that uh, that would help uh, African-Americans in this country. So based on that. So, yeah, that's kind of what I just wanted to say before we move well, on. Well, you know, we definitely, you know, to a degree gave him a pass. Right. But he was the author of the fucking crime bill. I mean, yep. let's keep it a buck there. Yeah. Right. I mean. He's more of a a Republican to me, man. I'm not looking forward to voting for anybody who's a moderate right now. Uh, Mm, Anybody who is who is like part of the establishment, talking talking that bipartisanship shit. I don't want to hear from them. And I will do whatever I can in the primaries to advance people who actually believe in liberal causes, man. Because I can't. We can't have another person like um, like Joe Biden. Barack Obama. Truthfully, be spoke. Truthfully, if Obama was running right now in the primaries, mm-hmm. he would not be my first choice. Mm-hmm. I gave him a, you know, shit. I gave him a pass because he's black. I, I admit it. <laughs> shit, we needed a black president. You know what I'm saying? Are you going to be able to go back? Fact. Are you going to be able to go back to Kenya now? Huh? Are you going to be able to go back to Kenya now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yo. A lot of Kenyans low key don't fuck with that nigga like that. Really? A <laughs> word. For real? I mean, they, a lot of people love him, but there are people who are like, look, when he tried to push mm-hmm. the gay agenda in Africa, mm-hmm. True. he turned off a lot of people, man. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, Obama, I mean, not to get off track, but Obama, I mean, he'll he'll, he'll go to African countries and, you know, he'll, he'll wag his finger at uh, African countries for, like, uh, you know, their stance on gays, but he won't do that shit with Saudi Arabia yeah. or any of the other countries. He likes, I mean, he, with, that's the thing about Obama. He'll, he, he loves talking down to black people because he knows he can, yeah. and black people still fuck with him. But he, mm-hmm. but he, but he can't, he can't get away with doing that shit with other people. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of Africans were kind of giving him the side eye, like, "Yo, yo, what the fuck, man?" <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "Look, look, homie, you have, nigga. <laughs> Don't get it fucked up yo, over here. Like tread, tread lightly, <laughs> tread lightly. Especially the you know men. I mean? Especially the men. Like Don't women. He's got women, right? Like, yeah. But the men are like, yo. <laughs> We're not done with this shit, motherfucker. They're like, that's 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 the American in you speaking. <laughs> He's like, Obama's like, look, man, I got a job to do. <laughs> I'm just trying to, I'm trying to pander, man. You know, that's all, man. But yeah, he he definitely, you know, was one of those presidents that he had. To, he was a president of all, president of all. And I'm like, great, fuck. I, I really was one of those people where I felt like, okay, second term, all right, man, show out. Who gives a fuck? They can't get, they can't kick you out the White House. Go hard. But nope. And it was definitely a. It's not him. It was it's a thump. It's definitely not him, bro. Yeah, it's not him. Yep, exactly. No doubt, not him. So we're waiting, we're waiting patiently for that, for that nigga. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, speaking of uh, of schools. Um, 
Uh, college cheating scandal has uh, has uh, been a, a big uh, a big story recently. So recently, uh, Lori Laughlin, uh, Felicity Huffman, and dozens of others faced federal fraud charges after an announcement uh, by the Department of Justice at a press conference on March 12th. Uh, the plot involved cheating on standardized testing exams, uh, such as the ACT, and having the children of wealthy parents falsely designated as successful athletes, uh, and in some cases, even paying financial bribes to coaches. At the center of the scandal is William Rick Singer, who acted as a for-profit college counselor and orchestrated the schemes, taking millions of dollars in payments uh, from the parents. The fraud case has shed light on the uh, many issues with admissions policies, uh, at elite schools, from the problems with uh, schools giving preference to athletes, to rich families' ability to uh, buy their way in, and uh, the hypocrisy of outrage over affirmative action programs. So, what do you guys think about the uh, college cheating scandal? I feel like we've spoken about this on so many different levels, but um, to answer your question, it's everyday fuck shit. <laughs> I mean... This was no big surprise when I heard about this. I'm like, uh, this always happens, especially when it comes to these elite schools and kids, you know, parents trying to get their kids into elite schools. It's become so competitive and it's become so and college has become so much of a big business. Even I know we talk a lot on this podcast about the business of sports in college um, in, in colleges, but also even in the acad- on the academic side. It's just it's become a business, especially some of the schools that were mentioned in the scandal when we talk about, you know, I'm going to pick on the, the the Ivy League, the Ivy Leagues of Harvard and Yale. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Those schools, their fucking endowments are, ass. again, my new word of the week, <laughs> asininely high. <laughs> That's the word of the week. You know what I'm saying? No, it's just ridiculously high. You feel me? And it's to the point where, they, I mean, to, I think right now, Harvard's endowment is at $39 billion. You understand? Mm -hmm. And so these parents understand that, okay, I know in order for my child to maintain, you know, their status in society, I need them to be in these schools where the brand name stands out. Now, we all know Fuckface went to Wharton. Mm -hmm. We see a piece of shit he turned out to be. George um, W. Bush, he went to Harvard Business School and Yale. You saw how much a fuck face he turned out to be. You know what I mean? And, you know, a lot of the presidents do attend Ivy League institutions. And, you know, we've talked about some of them who weren't the best presidents. So for whatever reason, the perception and the branding of these schools tell white people that once you go there, you're the shit. And it even happens in corporate America. We discovered it when we were in grad school, y'all, right? Mm -hmm. That when you look at the MBA programs, those top, what they call them, the top 25 or whatever. Yeah. There's that perception. Them motherfuckers, let me tell you to see in and out of some of these schools. First of all, some of these schools don't even allow transcripts to be released for, of their students. So basically, the hardest part of getting in is really up into with these schools is getting in. Graduating, they'll, they'll figure out ways to get you through. Mm-hmm. But gra- but really, you know, um, getting you know into those schools is the tough part. Yep. And these parents felt like, okay, fuck it. We're going to take the easy route. And it's no secret because, you know, I attended Boston College. So I saw the shit. I saw the dumb fucks where you're like, what the fuck? You looking at me talking about I got in here to do the affirmative action. What the fuck are you talking about? You know, the, you know, the president of the board or, you know, your legacy. What the, what the fuck is that? Like, you're just using semantics right there. Right. It's mm-hmm. still affirmative action. You're getting ahead of the line. And the beautiful part about this story is that it just exposed a lot of these motherfuckers that now you can't cry the bullshit anymore. You can't talk that shit. You, too, have, have benefited from some form of affirmative action. So the jig's up, homie. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, <laughs> and the thing that's really infuriating about these whole things is that you're talking about the most privileged people on the fucking planet. Mm-hmm. The very wealthy, the the very the the most famous, like their life is cake. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's a, they live the most privileged life, man. Yeah, and they still have to cheat. They, the the thing about it is these people, they don't even have to go to fucking college. A lot they of people, they're already you're, millionaires. You're, you're you're inheriting like hundreds of millions, in some cases billions of dollars. But you don't. So if you don't get into shit, if you don't go to college at all, yet let alone Harvard, Yale, whatever, you'll be fine. Right. You'll be absolutely fine. It's more of like a, a, a status symbol. So yes. more, really, really, for me, it's more for the parents. So that they can brag about their children. Exactly. Oh, you know what? My my, my kid, they 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 got they got into Harvard or whatever, whatever. Because uh, this this story, it's it talked about how um a lot of the uh, the, the the kids didn't know that the parents were doing this shit, mm-hmm. especially with like SAT scores and shit. Like yeah. basically, like uh, like uh, some like they uh, basically they had a uh, like a, a proctor set up that would go in like after like good that would, that would proctor the exam it would be a one on one exam and after the exam they would change change the answers right. to, to to make uh, to make the the yeah, answers like, uh, to make the boost up the scores yeah. or whatever yeah, right. or sometimes right. they they would like just like um they would uh like just basically tell them tell the kids what, what the answers was but a lot of times the kids didn't actually know what it was so it wasn't it doesn't seem like it was more. It was as much like uh, the kids, you know, with all this pressure. Do this is more of like a status, more status symbol for the parents, for the so parents, that they can brag yeah. to their to their their colleagues. As you know, you know, my kids going to Harvard or whatever. What's your kid doing? Yeah, these parents, you know, it's almost like indirectly they're saying to their kids, "You're fucking stupid." <laughs> and you know, we, we <laughs> yeah. don't believe in you. We we I don't believe that we you don't keep believe. going. <laughs> Like, we don't believe you. You mm-hmm. need more people like us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, it's almost like they're just telling their kids, like, yeah, I don't believe in you. And, and, and you know, um, one of the kids who was at USC, I forget whose um, daughter she Lori is. Lori Laughlin's daughter. Uncle, yeah. Uncle Jesse's wife. Yeah. <laughs> Shorty. Full house. <laughs> I know, right? Full house and shit. She's not playing with a full deck. <laughs> yeah. Niece, niece, niece Ivy. Niece Ivy Olive, whatever is her name? Whatever. Yo, and the daughter's already pretty famous on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, like, she got over a million followers. Yeah, yeah, and she was on YouTube talking about she's not even going to be able to go to school like that because she has so many other engagements that she, 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 that she <laughs> has to do. And she was talking about how, how she didn't even care about, about school at yeah. all. And she was and she was basically like, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be away from school or whatever all, all this time, whatever, right. but, you know, I hope. Mm-hmm. But, but I still want to experience, like, the parties and all, all that shit. She didn't... She she didn't. She didn't care. She didn't care about about any of that. But yet she got into fucking USC. But you know exactly. what, guys? Like the the most uh, the second most frustrating thing about this whole thing, man, is that right now we're talking about fraud, like out and you know undeniable fraud, right? But of these cases. Mm. But what really bothers me is the stuff that happens that's legal. Yep. Right. Like the people who would like Donald Trump. Pledged to give two million dollars to the University of Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. so they would accept. And guess what? Like years later, or a few years later, mm-hmm. Don Jr. gets in. Yep. Ivanka follows him yep. five years after that, yep. right? Because he pledged that much money, mm-hmm. right? The Kushners, Daddy Kushner, <laughs> sits on the board of the fundraising arm for Harvard. Mm-hmm. God damn, man! Mm-hmm. They raised bill. I think a billion something. Yeah. Using mm-hmm. using that like it was five hundred six hundred people and they went out and got you know they raised money and got you know for Harvard and Harvard already has fucking 
that the figure yeah, the T gave us, man. This whole fucking game is so fucking ridiculous when and, you really and, think man. about it. And and legacy too. Cause, and legacy because mm-hmm. they said that. Um, I, I read something that said that um, if you if uh, if uh, your ch- if your parent. Uh, was an undergrad graduate um, of, uh, of a certain one of those uh, Ivy League, uh, one of those upper echelon uh, schools. Then you're fifty percent. Everything else being equal, you're fifty percent more likely to uh, to be uh, mm-hmm. to be admitted into that school. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Like, look, I saw a YouTube clip of Megan Kelly, right, mm-hmm. on the View. Um, now I, I went down. Oh, Megan, right. Megan McCain. Megan, what did I say? Ma- Megan Kelly. Oh. <laughs> no, it's me. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're white. They're white blondes. <laughs> they I all get, look I alike. Get you. <laughs> nah. Just kidding. Just kidding. Right, but Megan McCain. Sh- she has nice titties. But <laughs> that's besides the point. Wait a but, minute. <laughs> yo, hold up. So they have this compilation of just how stupid she is, showing how dumb she is, right? She is. On, on The View. Mm-hmm. And like even her co-hosts are just, oh, just like, oh, my God. How did, she is so fucking dumb. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she has that job. Do you know what, what, what college she, she attended? Columbia. Columbia. She yep. fucking It'll went be. to an Ivy League school, yep. man. It'll Think be. about that. She's dumb as shit. Yeah, She's dumb as dumb as a bag of rocks. Like you got those other hosts on there, and they're entertaining, so they probably didn't even go to university or anything mm-hmm. like that. But they are ten times smarter than she is. Yeah, and you told me she got into fucking Columbia, mm-hmm. and, and um, the clip that I saw, she was defending legacy admissions yeah. because she was talking about how her dad, her grandfather, and her great grandfather all bro- went to the naval, brother, yeah, yeah. naval academy. Mm-hmm. Now they, they they've said like fucking uh, John McCain. Was no scholar like they say he no. he, had, he had terrible grades. That <laughs> the only reason he got into the Naval Academy is because of his of his dad. Yeah, I think he, he graduated like, like with the fifth worst like uh, or something like that. Like fifth worst like uh, a GPA in, in the Naval Academy, something like that. <laughs> yeah, he was like he was like Shit. a terrible terrible student. Right, uh, Jared Kushner. They mm-hmm. interviewed his high school. You know, uh, people that, that worked in the high school that he attended. They say he was a no scholar, man. He wasn't even a good student, mm-hmm. but he ended up at Harvard. Of so course. this whole fucking game, man, is so fucking rigged. I mean, that, 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 that's the, that's the thing. That's the thing that that, that something like this it, it produces. It produces it, it produces like um, people who think who think that they worked hard. Like if you if you ask Megan McCain, she thinks mm-hmm. that she worked. She earned where where she is at the View. But really, the only reason she had the oh, view yeah. is because her dad, her dad is a fucking was a fucking senator, and her mom was a multi multi millionaire. Right. So mm. she, so it produces like all these all these kids who are born on who are born on third base, but think they hit a triple. Word, mm. word. That's ill right there. That's some real talk right there. Uh, yeah, and, and you can't tell them different, and and they and they feel like that's working hard, mm-hmm. and it just it shows the bullshit, the hypocrisy, and just the the narrative, this false narrative that a lot of these wealthy people speak and spew, and it, this the whole situation just blows the lid off of the bullshit and says, aha, <laughs> you're not that smart, and we know that we know yeah. a lot of them are yeah. that aha, aha exactly right, they're, they're, like, they're not that fucking smart at all, they're not. You know they always they try to talk about America like it's a meritocracy like that, right? But yeah, right. America still has a lot of the old world uh, classism. Mm-hmm. In, in, oh, of course. Like, the way we talk, when we talked about high schools and how they're funded, public schools, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and now we see shit like this happening with college admissions. There's a fucking track, man. And if your parents are wealthy, and they were able to, you know, 
they can grease your way through life, man. Yep. Same way, like, in Europe, if you're born into a certain class, you know, you remain in that class. Exactly. It's easy for you to navigate, you know, life. Exactly. Yep. Very true. Very true. So, uh, let's move on to another story. So, recently in uh, Ebony, there was an article uh, titled, uh, Realistic Expectations of uh, Reparations. So uh, the article it was uh, written by a, a black conservative who uh, who was talking about uh, you know what uh, we can really expect as far as reparations and it, it talked uh, basically they said all kind of things like uh, the uh, you, the country couldn't afford reparations and in particular one line struck me it said that um, quote uh, a realistic expectation uh, is uh, not to offer monetary compensation but to educate the youth and future generations of all American citizens in a way that would reverse the effects of slavery on everyone and change every citizen's perception of African-Americans, unquote. So, what do you guys think about this article? I mean, you already got, you you got me fired up when you said it was a black conservative. I'm like, what the fuck are you going to have to, or he or she will have to offer? Man, fuck that motherfucker. <laughs> you know, the... That, that article is so poorly written. Like, it was it was a terrible. It was one of is is one of the worst articles I've 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 read. Um, I read it like really I, I read it like three times because I'm trying to figure out what the fuck is this guy is saying. Right? Like, what is his Coonin. point? He's cooning. That's um, cooning. <laughs> when he says when he gets to his conclusion and says uh, like reparations educating everybody, I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> I have no idea what he means. Like, yo, bro. <laughs> I know you're a conservative and you write for Ebony, but make your case, right? If you don't think that reparations should be given, then make that case and make it clear, right? Like, mm-hmm. stop fucking fumbling around, man. Um, and tell us why you don't think that, 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 that uh, reparations should be paid. But he doesn't. All he does is, I, you have to read that article for yourself, and it's, it's so ridiculous. But, um, you know, he's a conservative. Um, so, you know, he doesn't think the reparations should be paid. Um, I just wish he would, he made a, a clear, a much more, a clearer case for, uh, his position. But I, honestly, I think it's pretty sad that a, a magazine like Ebony, um, mm-hmm. that would, would publish like some drivel like this, especially given the fact that, you know, you, you've seen like in the, in the, in the last, uh, few months, uh, this push for, for reparations, this push for um, you know, um, this uh, uh, some sort of like uh, compensation for those who uh, those who uh, were descendants of slaves in this country, and but you have like um, uh, you have uh, magazines like this. Ebony used to be a black-owned magazine, but obviously it's not anymore. So it's 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 really more of like a uh, a, uh, a a democratic centrist type of magazine that that doesn't really do anything to advocate for for black people at all, and for it to push. Some some conservative drivel like this, I think it's it's really damaging. Honestly, it's it's damaging and it's stupid because you're you're indoctrinating people uh, and telling people that you know you y'all 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 don't y'all don't deserve this. Y'all y'all should y'all should be able to to uh, what what y'all deserve is for these other people to be able to get into these elite institutions. So that they can, so that they can, they can, so that, and uh, once they get into these elite institutions, when they get this education, then they won't be racist against you. Meanwhile, you already have some of the most virulent racists who have gone to some of the most elite institutions. Ben Shapiro went to Harvard. Fucking, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what's his name? Um, um, 
the the white supremacist uh, Sherman. Uh, what's I, I forgot his name. The guy who got who got punched who got punched in the face at the inauguration. Mm-hmm. Richard Richard Spencer. Richard Spencer. Yeah. He went to like Duke. Right. These these these. The, but you're you're trying to tell me that these people all they need is some education and that's gonna fix their that's gonna fix their racism. What what kind of what kind of stupid shit is that? And you and you you peddle that in a black magazine? Yeah. How nice. how stupid and offensive is that? It's insulting. Yeah. Man. I thought maybe there was something wrong with me. I was like, huh? Let me read this again. Huh? Like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? I even tried to find his fucking Twitter. I was looking for him on Twitter, man, because I, I wanted to just check him <laughs> out and find out what the fuck he's, he's all about, man. But I couldn't, or I didn't have time to do it. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it made me trolling, honestly, because to be, you know, a magazine, of course, they'll come from the angle is freedom of speech, freedom of the press, all this shit. So everyone has a right to, you know, write their opinions. You know, it's like an op-ed type shit. Everyone has but, a right to be stupid. Huh? Everyone has a right to be stupid. I mean, you know, hey, it, it's just like an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> everyone has one, right? Basically. Right. But, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, from the standpoint of just poor, you know, just poor um poorly written and just not you know just you know poor editorial um just piece like why would it even be accepted into ebony right mm-hmm. it shouldn't have any place at least if it was well written as we talk as y'all talked about right if it had you know the points of okay if the country can't afford it here are the economic points laid out exactly then you can say all right cool you know it makes sense i mean hey you know may i may not agree with it but shit you know it's it's thought provoking and we can comment on it but for us to even spend our energy even thinking about it, it's like man fuck that it's not even worth our discussion because at the end of the day it's not an it's not an intelligent argument it's, stri- it's strictly trolling it's just to fuck with black people get them upset and at the end of the day he did he, he you know whoever this i keep saying he so i don't want to like you know stereotype that's it's a male. Is it he? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, he. Yeah. He. Um. He just figured. Oh, I'm gonna just make this a thought-provoking trolling piece, but it was. It was just poorly done. So you know, fuck you. But it wasn't even to... good. Like, my... look, man. I yeah. don't. I don't even have a. You know. Uh, I like to hear different sides of a story, right? Or views. No but make, like, make it make a compelling. Or just some way half, you know, well written uh, yeah. op ed, man. This shit was terrible, man. Or, ha- or have some data, something, something to support right. your argument, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But you, but you don't. It's just, it's just, it's just a piece, basically, just like, um, it, it's just like you said, like you said, a trolling piece, basically. Yeah. So I mean, I can't, I, I, I can't take this seriously, and, and you know what? It really, it really undermines the credibility of of a, of a magazine like Ebony. Honestly, shame on you, Ebony. No. Fortunately, man, that's one of the black historic legacy magazines and publications in our yeah. culture, man. And but to you know, as we've talked about in this podcast, this is why you need to own your shit. Yep. And don't be fucking around selling it out every five minutes because this is what you get. You get this tainted crap and just this bullshit to be printed. And unfortunately, like I said, in our society, we don't have critical thinkers anymore. So you'll have people on both, you know, not talking just black people, but black people, white people, Asian people, Latino people, whatever. They're going to read this and say, oh, yeah, well, yeah, they shouldn't. You know, we shouldn't get reparations like, you know, they, they shouldn't. They should come from a black guy. Also by the bootstraps. Yep. And it's coming from a black guy. Exactly. Yep. So look, look they, here. Yeah. This is why I read. I only read uh, Jet Beauty of the Week. <laughs> ah, no, I still check it out in the grocery checkout line. No doubt. No doubt. So let's move on to another story. So um, recently, an 11 year old was arrested for uh, not standing up for the Pledge of Allegiance uh, in Florida. 
uh, and he uh, and for quote unquote creating a disturbance in the classroom. Uh, the sixth grader from a Tampa suburb allegedly told his substance teacher the flag is racist and the national anthem is offensive to black people. In response, the teacher uh, said she asked the student why not go to another place to live if it was, quote, so bad here, unquote. Uh, she said he answered, uh, they brought me here. Uh, the substitute, <laughs> identified by district al- officials as an Anna Alvarez, said, well, you can always go back because I came here from Cuba, and the day I feel I'm not welcome here anymore, I would find another place to live. Uh, Alvarez said she uh, called the office um, uh, on uh, February 4th uh, to deal with him because uh, she did not want to keep dealing with him. So, what do you think about this? You know what? This sounds like a uh, black rage. <laughs> <laughs> so, take it away. Black love my theme music so yeah i want to definitely jump in on this one so it brought me back to a time when i was a young man um i was like i said i went to um an all boys gathering high school my first year my freshman year and when i read this story it took me back to that time when i too you know led a rebellion in my high school where we didn't stand for the pledge of allegiance No doubt. And, and you know, my wish, this is one time I wish we could have our parents on the podcast because my mom would tell you they called her and basically had a parent teacher conference with her. And basically my homeroom teacher told her, you know, I'm having a problem with Terrence because him and, you know, the other black students, <laughs> black students in the class, he's leading a rebellion and, 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 you know, the other students to not stand during the Pledge of Allegiance. And my mom, you know, being a Caribbean West, you know, West Indian merchant, like, well, if you don't want to stand, that's his choice. Isn't that America? America is freedom of choice. If you don't want to stand, why yes? And, you know, of course, in her, you know, you know saying in a Trini accent, she's like, what? Who are you going to stand? If you don't want to stand, he won't stand. You know, what's the point? You know, like what? Right? I love, I love so, it. So no doubt. So, of course, my, you know, my teacher. She's like, oh, well, you know, it's just leading, you know, it's causing a disruption in the class and it just sends a bad message. And so it got to the point where basically she said, well, you know, if you don't want to stand for it, can you know, basically, can you just do it in a way where it doesn't disrupt the class or cause a scene or make a scene? I'm like, all right, man, I'll figure it out. But I'm just telling you, I'm not pledging allegiance. And I always had a problem with everything. And maybe this is just me and my, you know, just nitpicking critical mind. But I used to say land of the free. The fuck? We're free. We're, we're not. We're still not free. No matter what chains that we have, invisible chains. We're, we're in, you know, we're mentally enslaved. There's no freedom here, you know. And and everything about that pledge of allegiance, the national anthem, all that shit, I always was critical about. So fast forward now, we have these fucking teachers with these self righteous, so called liberal motherfucking teachers who think they're coming into every inner city school to save the black kid, you know. Um. They now calling, you know, basically take, you know, um, kicking them out the class or in certain cases, you know, take calling the police, you know what I mean? And all this dumb shit where basically is this the same story where the kid basically was um, about to go to court for the shit and Jay-Z. Yeah. In the, right. Yeah. So shout out Jay-Z. You know, no, no doubt. Shout, Shout out him out. Yeah, you don't see, oh. you don't see Nas building him out, but you know, that's neither here nor there. That's neither here nor there. That's neither here nor there. No, but you know, real talk. It's just like one of them things where you're like, 
the fuck happened to you know exercising your freedom of speech, freedom of expression? What happened to that? It's almost as if we're teaching people, yeah, yeah, freedom of speech, but it just depends on what color. So if, if you're trying to really show that we're not a racist society, we don't need affirmative action, we don't need this kind of policy in order for black people to feel comfortable and to advance, you're showing it every you're showing it every day though. Because this is another clear cut example that when you're black, it's whack. But when you're white, you're right. <laughs> Yo, um, and thank God I went to Atlanta Public Schools, man. We didn't play that shit. <laughs> Wasn't no standing up for damn uh, Pledge of Allegiance, man. Sing the Black National Anthem? We, actually, we did sing that. <laughs> really? Like during, uh, we had, uh, what they call it, when everybody meets in the gym. Assembly? Whatever, assemblies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yo, like Atlanta Public Schools were very, uh, very uh, conscious and very uh, pro, pro-black, pro man. They would never expect us to stand, man, and uh, do the Pledge of Allegiance. Um, but, you know, you, I mean, until you say everything, man, it's just, it's bullshit, man. I, you know, if you live in a free society, you should have the right not to stand up and say a stupid fucking pledge to, to the flag, man. Like, it's just fucking words at the end of the day, man. Are there any actions that are coming out of you pledging, you know, to the flag? Really? So, I mean, it's just a bunch of bullshit. Yep. Yep, and and they want yeah, and they want to they just want to like um they just want to control you, make you make you make you do stuff that you want to do. Even even you just uh, just take away your rights, even if you you don't have you you don't have to do it, but they'll 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 make up make up something you know create disturbance or whatever it is just to just kind of put you in your place uh, because just because they feel like you should you should uh, stand up for the flag, but you don't have to. So. Mm-hmm. And shame on that, and shame on the Latina, you know, Latina system, man. Shame on you. She's you know, you know, it's, it's Cuban. like she's Cuban. Cubans are right wing. Like that shit don't count. Man. But yeah, you know they, what? They, they, they white. They're white. Honestly. Yeah. Well, well, I was gonna. But you know, the island is what? What's the percentage? Well, you went there, Rob, right? What's yeah, the, isn't oh, it? Majority, it's very black, man. It's more majority black. It's right. A, it's just mulatto, mm-hmm. biracial, I guess. Uh, but the people who came, the ruling who came, class, who came here. The, the, the rich Cuba. people, they were the people that had money. Exactly. Uh, when but yeah. when uh, which McCallie took over, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're very like European white. Exactly. Batista, during Batista time, they they were all yeah, definitely where they ran to Miami. <laughs> they all to Miami now. <laughs> <laughs> Chill out. But um, wait, my bad. Go ahead, Rob. What you saying? What the fuck was that saying? <laughs> the, the ruling, the ruling class in uh, in Cuba, they're, they're basically white. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that. I was drinking. I'm like, hey, this wine's starting to kick in. Oh, boy. Yeah, we can tell. <laughs> if y'all cut me off, I might not be able to remember what the fuck I was talking about. Oh, boy. <laughs> that blend, that blend, man. I forgot to tell you that. Oh, man. One of those nights. All right. We'll move on. That blended red. We'll move on. Um, so, recently, uh, celebrity and comedian uh, Amanda Seals uh, posted a video uh, naming former NFL and Florida State star Myron Roll as the person who approached her on the internet and called her. Uh, that resulted in uh, her saying, uh, in him saying, quote, uh, some troubling things uh, in the conversation that made me take a step back, unquote. Uh, she later said that uh, eight women accused Roll of sexual harassment. Uh, Roll released a statement uh, defending himself. Uh, now Amanda Seals, who uh, stars in, in, on the on an HB, on the HBO show Insecure, has clarified her remarks in an Instagram video, um, saying, "Quote: I never accused Myron Roll of sexually harassing me or sending me inappropriate DMs." Unquote. Uh, Seals said in a video. 
uh, un- quote, uh, what I did say was that via DM, several women have approached me accusing him of sexually harassing them, unquote. So, what do you guys think about Amanda Seals? Oh, oh, uh, that's not how I remembered the Breakfast Club interview. What about you, Rob? You know what? <laughs> I don't even. I didn't even watch that, that Breakfast interview. Oh, you didn't? No, oh, okay. Uh, but I, I'm a fan of hers. You know, mm-hmm. I liked it. I like uh, Insecure. I, I liked her HBO special. That shit was terrible. <laughs> T. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't like it. But I thought it was funny. But this is some fucking bullshit, man. Why would you even put it put that put it out there in the public space when you don't have any proof, right? Like, who are these women that told you that he was sexually harassing them? You know what I mean? And like, this guy's a beautiful brother, man. Pause. Wait, wait a minute. (laughs) He has a beautiful spirit, man. That that blend, man. That blend. He's so he's so accomplished, dog. Like. This guy finished FSU. He got his degree in two and a half years. By the time like he finished playing uh, ball as, as, as a senior, I think he already had his master's. Mm-hmm. And then he became a Rhodes Scholar. Mm-hmm. And then he went to medical school. And now he's at Harvard where he's doing his residency, man. Like, it's really that, that, that's the type of brother you want to you bring down with baseless accusations? Mm-hmm. Like I really want to find out what the fuck Amanda Seals was was, was thinking. Mm-hmm. Like, what's what is her motivation, man? And yo, <laughs> that's yo, yo, the thing. Like, you know what her motivation was—the fact that uh, uh, Myron Roll hit that ass when I moved on, dog. It's <laughs> the same thing. That's all it was, huh? Fucking uh, bitter bitterness. Yep, yep. It's probably bitterness and probably a little bit of uh, feminism uh, mixed in, man. Because, like, black feminists need to stop this shit, man, for real. Like, you, the feminist cause and the feminist fight is not yours like that. There's some things that you can participate in, but being so fucking overzealous in, in, in fucking feminism, <laughs> that is not your fucking fight. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I was thinking is basically. But maybe, T, I mean, maybe, sir, if you're right, man, maybe it could be just be uh, she's bitter. Mm-hmm. That the brother moved on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um... Yeah, and, and you know, earlier when I chimed in about the Breakfast Club interview, when she talked about everything, she wouldn't name who it was. She said it's a brother. First, she's and it was crazy because the way she was kind of hinting, she said it's a brother in Boston who's an athlete, and I'm thinking, okay, so is it one of the you know someone from the four professional teams or someone from you know the basketball or football? Like, what is she talking about? So then when it was revealed, you know, when they started talking about Myron Roll, I'm like, oh. Oh shit! Damn, I guess that does fit the athlete in Boston, right? He's attending medical. I'm doing his medical residency. You know, it's something. You know, you just said, Rob, that really you know triggered this thought. I'm about to say that it's unfortunate that you know sisters, man, they weaponize themselves against us so many times, and they take up for causes that are truly white women and white people causes, and you know, take it up as their own to just to be our enemies when they should do what like the white women do for the white men. Just hey, right, wrong, and different. Let's talk about the shit in house, but don't shit on us in public. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Because that's a this is another case of where a sister basically comes out her mouth, said something, they accuses him of sexual harassment or sexual you know, um assault, sexual assault on women, and it was baseless and untrue. 
God, the now, leadership uh, is fucking infuriating. And then, like, and then she, 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 she yeah. tried, she tried to, she tried to track, backtrack it because right. she obviously said, she said, she said it on on the Breakfast Club. But then no. she comes back and she said, "I never said it. I never said. It. I'm, I'm saying that other women, other women accused no. him of that. But she, she, that, no. that's not what she said. She said that she got, she had a phone call with him, and there were some disturbing things that that he said." Yep, exactly. No, he was pressed. He, you know, he's pressing and so on and so forth. He, you know, basically, she, you know, don't pop shit and apologize now. Now, you, you were on, you was on, you, she was feeling herself on the interview. And this is just a case where you're not thinking before you're speaking. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it, it just, it's one of, you know, again, it's sad. It's a thing where, yeah, sisters do this shit all the time. They get caught up in this whole feminist movement, women's rights, this and that and the third, which I'm all for. But when you start demonizing and, and putting, presenting yourselves as weapons against black men. It's it, not it, your it, fight, man. It's yeah, not guess your what? Fight. Guess who runs the show? It ain't hmm. black, man. Not at all. We you know what I'm saying? Shit. We 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 down. We probably have zone. less power than white than black women do. We definitely so, do. I think I think so. Definitely so, do. so it's not it's not, hey man, you better aim at the right target. Because they're the ones going to college. They're the ones <laughs> getting the jobs, the top you know, the top positions in companies. But but meanwhile, it's 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 a it's one hundred percent acceptable. Actually, it's actually encouraged uh for for black women for for anyone really to talk shit about black men. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could you could say whatever the fuck you want you want against black men. There'll there'll be no there'll be no outrage. There'll be there'll be nothing. If you do that against black women, then people people like fucking stand up, do say something, whatever. But it's really become like a hundred percent acceptable, and you know even like just like uh, and and even like uh, encouraged for for people to say say all kind of shit about black men, and there'll be absolutely no repercussions at all whatsoever. And you know what? That would be fair if we were running the show. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you hear a white man say, oh, people can say all this stuff about white men and this and that, and it's not, you know, but guess what? You run the show, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So if, if if everything was flipped over and black men were running co- corporations like the way white men run corporations, mm-hmm. they were in positions of power in every fucking institution in this country, then I'd be like, you know what? All right, bring it on. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't even fucking phase me. Yeah. You know what I mean? If they could actually do something, uh, right. you know, if that's some, some kind of power, then yeah. Right. But when you don't have the power, and you're probably one of the most vulnerable groups <laughs> in this country, mm-hmm. and then you're fucking getting attacked like you have the power, it's not fair. But that's the thing and about... it's infuriating. The, that's the thing. The black women don't, don't, don't see black men as being, vulnerable, as being a vulnerable group. A lot of, a lot mm-hmm. of black women... Uh, at least the, the a vocal major a vocal uh, a vocal majority on like Twitter yes. or whatever they they, they they see as black men as the enemy they're they're, they're part of the the the, uh, the power elite in, in this country or whatever they're the, the wow. people that are, that are holding holding them down but if you look at any kind of metric any kind of number it's it's just one hundred percent not true it's not true mm-hmm. not no. true at all you know not I mean patriarchy is a problem in the world but in America it's a lot more complex mm-hmm. especially when it comes mm-hmm. to black men yep exactly exactly well well then the same gang <laughs> Shit, you wouldn't you wouldn't know it huh you definitely wouldn't know it I'm gonna still stop it man knock it off man for real basically so let's move on um so recently, uh, Russell Westbrook uh, threatened a fan at uh, the uh, OKC Thunder uh, Utah Jazz game uh, uh, last week. Uh, so Russell Westbrook let the profanities fly, uh, verbally threatening a physical harm on a fan in the second quarter of the game. 
Uh, so what did uh, Russ? Uh, what did the fans say to Russell? To Russell Westbrook to set him off? If you ask the fan, forty-five-year-old uh, Shane uh, Keisel, he denies any inappropriate or racist words were said, claiming he yelled, "Quote, ice those knees up!" Unquote to the MVP. Then Russell Westbrook told his side of the story, saying that the fan had told him to quote get down on your knees like you're used to unquote, which provoked a response from Westbrook. So. What do you guys think about uh, Russell Westbrook? <laughs> Shit, man. Yo, first of all, I love fuckery. Um, second of all, <laughs> I mean, remember when the Detroit Pacers and the uh, I mean the, the Detroit Pistons, yeah, the Pistons yeah. and the Pacers got yeah. into it? Oh, that's mm-hmm. one of the greatest moments in history. Oh, that was man. crazy. I remember that I was, was watching crazy it live. Ball, man. <laughs> I smoked a little something too. So that shit was like in slow motion. <laughs> Smoke weed every day. Like I think it was me, Quentin, and my brother were watching that shit live, and we're like, "Oh shit!" Uh, you you dressing this shit right now? Damn. Uh, <laughs> they don't care, uh, man. Everybody uh, knows. But listen, so I'm all for it. Like athletes should not have to endure fucking uh, abuse, man, from fans. Mm-hmm. Like, look, it's fine to boo people, man. It's fine to cheer them on, even a little trash talk. But when you start abusing these people, man, you know they're human beings. You know, mm-hmm. they have every right to get angry and retaliate. Mm-hmm. And you know, they, they started looking into this guy's past and his social media activity, and he had a lot of like close to racial stuff that he was saying yep. and doing on on Twitter and on uh, Facebook. Yep. I mean, he tried to take it down, but you can't take shit down on uh, <laughs> from the internet. Yeah. So he was exposed, man, and I'm glad that they banned him for life. He mm-hmm. can't go to any more NBA games. Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, you know, especially when we're talking about the NBA, like those players are probably some of the most vulnerable, right? Because they're playing in open arenas with like, an open court where the fans are actually close to them, sitting courtside. Courtside, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So they're in a vulnerable position. And Russell, Russell Westbrook's not the one to fuck with. Like, he's always getting into it with um, Utah fans. I think it was a time when he was playing in Utah, actually. He got into it one of the fans. Or last or maybe, year. It was last huh? year. It was in Utah. It was last year. Yeah, so, yeah. You, so that's not his favorite area. His favorite city to go to or have the fans come to him because they they get into it. Although he lives in Oklahoma City, but that's a whole different story. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things where you know, for, yeah, these these people unfortunately look at athletes as if they're different, right, from them, so they can you know, and especially being black athletes, that they can endure whatever abuse they choose to hurl at that they send their way, mm-hmm. and they don't look at them as people. They look at them as your product. Your, I pay money for you to entertain me so you, I can treat you how I want to treat you. Mm-hmm. Now, is it like that in baseball where it's a majority? Well, pretty much now it's pretty much predominantly Latino, Latin sport. But, you know, primarily a white-based sport, you know, and, fan, and the fan base is, you know, really a white-based, in my opinion, um, and probably factually, too. But I don't know. But they do have this kind of self-righteous thought of athletes, especially black athletes. Like you hear the commentary, oh, you know, he gets paid all this money. He, 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 you know, he makes too much money. And what's the, he's supposed to, you know, be this and be that. And they're very hot. They're highly critical. They ridicule them and all sorts of shit. So at the end of the day, man, I mean, yeah, he had a, he has a right to say whatever you want to say to these damn fans. If they talk shit down. Why can't he talk shit back? I mean, damn, you know, at the end of the day, you know, and we understand the fans pay their money, 
But these fans get it fucked up too because their attitude is, "We, I pay your salary." Yeah. <laughs> they, they talk like that. They get this arrogant, cocky attitude and think they can be, they can't be touched. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, why, why is it that, that people think that, um, that is it okay? Even the NBA basically acknowledges that it's okay for, um, for uh, fans to say whatever the fuck they want to to athletes, and there should be, there should be no repercussions. I mean, no, nothing would, would have really happened unless the shit, were, the shit like, got posted on the internet and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, even, even the, the incident that you really talked about last year, T, uh, mm-hmm. in Utah, I mean, that, that, mm-hmm. that fan who got into, into it with Russell Westbrook was banned from, uh, from uh, Utah Jazz games for life also. But that mm-hmm. took like a year to year to happen. Mm-hmm. It's only because the, the exposure of this happened that you know you're willing you're willing to do anything. But I mean, mm-hmm. this is really just very 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 commonplace, especially in like a, a racist place like uh, like like Utah, where you know even like the the Utah Jazz players they they, they acknowledge how how racist a lot of the fans were in, mm-hmm. in Utah at Utah games. So I mean, wow. it, 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 it doesn't surprise me at all that you know somebody like somebody like Russell Westbrook who doesn't take shit from from people. I mean, shit, <laughs> he doesn't take shit from Kevin Durant. He damn sure ain't gonna take shit from like some fucking uh, fan <laughs> sitting <laughs> somewhere like five five rows up. That guy's a tough guy, man. He dress, my dress fruity, man, but that's one of the <laughs> toughest motherfuckers <laughs> in fucking sports, man. I love him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I love his game and just like his whole attitude, man. I fuck with him. I don't care about his dress code, but everything I- else. I don't fuck with them tight jeans, bro. I mean, I fuck with and them. them. And them flower shirts. But he from, he from, he from L.A., man. He from you know, Hawthorne, I believe. Hawthorne, California. So oh, okay. From, he from L.A. South L.A. He from South Bay, L.A. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's what's up. Shout out to you, uh, Russ Westbrook. So yes. uh, let's move on. So uh, we're going to move on to another segment that we call uh, Tell Them Why You Mad, Son. Are you so mad? Yeah. Like, what are yeah. you so mad about? Yeah, yeah. You know, yo, you want to know why? Yo, first of all, you can't be asking me no question. You know what I'm saying, who the fuck is you? You know what I'm saying? You can't be asking me no question. I'm going to tell you why I'm mad. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to tell you why I'm mad. I'm going to tell you why I'm mad. So, um, tell them why you're mad segment. Uh, take it away, Rob. All right. Thank you, sir. Uh, okay, so, it feels like I've like spent all my angry energy <laughs> throughout this show, man. I'm sure you could have watched up some more. When we talk, we, we're talking about inequality on this show, man. And nothing about inequality was better displayed than in the sentencing of Paul Manafort. Paul Manafort, the former chairman of uh, the Trump campaign, was facing 18 years in one case and 10 years in another case for a total of 28 years. This guy, the, the prosecutors tried to offer him uh, a deal, which he accepted, but then he lied to them. And then he tried to pull some shenanigans with uh, witnesses in the trial. So the prosecutors decided to throw the book at him. So they recommended in the first case 18 years. The judge gave him four years. Four years with, with time served and uh, the 85% requirement for good behavior in federal uh, jail, that guy could have got off in three years. Three out of 18. The second case, he got four out of 10. You know, so now the total he has to, total he has to uh, serve seven years out of a possible 28. So he only has to, he, was, he only got sentenced to a quarter of the time that was recommended. Meanwhile, a black woman in Texas votes illegally because I think she was a felon 
and she was not supposed to vote, but she voted. She got five years. She got the full recommended sentence. <laughs> you have people like, and I'm not here advocating for drug dealers, but Meech and his brother were nonviolent drug dealers, right? Uh, as far as like what they were arrested for. They got the book thrown at them. They got the full sentence. When you're poor, or you're black, and you commit a blue-collar crime, they throw the book at you. But if you're white, you have money, and you commit so-called uh, white-collar crimes, they go easy as, as pie on you. The judge actually said in that case that Paul Manafort led an, quote, an otherwise blameless life. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> didn't, didn't, are they also sending him to like some like minimum security of like course. like cushy of like course, tennis man. court? Of course. Like, because it's, it's a white collar crime. Of course, yep. he playing tiddlywinks and golf and shit. He's straight. Yeah, if you are educated and white most of the most of the time, and you're like a, a class in the same class as a judge or whatever, they treat you so much better, man. They're like, oh, we can rehab rehabilitate. Rehabilitate, yeah. Rehabilitate this guy. Gotcha. But everybody else, poor, black, they throw the fucking book at you. And mm-hmm. to them, it's just punishment. Huh. Yeah. Fucked up, fucked up uh, world I, we live in, man. Yeah. I see why you're mad, man. I definitely, you know, can understand. It. But, but unfortunately, we knew that was going to happen, though. It's you not, know? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, not, it's, it's no surprise, not even a surprise. Now, here's the thing that we need to watch is all those rich parents that cheated to get their kids in college. Mm -hmm. Let's find out what kind of uh, sentences that they get. We already know they ain't going to jail. They ain't going to jail. They're not going to jail. Here's the thing. There there was a scandal of teachers cheating in the Atlanta. Mm -hmm. I think it was Clayton County. They went to jail for a long time. Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. There's a woman that that got multiple years because she lied about where she lived so she could get her kids to go to a different uh, school. Mm Mm-hmm. There was there was a there was a woman who uh, who was homeless and who who sent her kids to like I guess they they to uh, to a school and they, and she got she got sent to, to prison over it. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Once they get sentenced, we need to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So, we'll see. Fucked up. Fucked up. So uh, that concludes uh, this week's episode. If you want to uh, send us an email, please contact us at official three kings podcast at gmail uh, follow us on Twitter at Three Kings Podcast and on Instagram and Facebook at Official Three Kings Podcast. And with that, we're out, ladies and gentlemen. Peace. Peace. Gee. Classic hip hop shit. Dr. DRE, Rose and Jay. Let's get them. We started out mopping floors, and now we front row with the awards. Number one for the last 20 years If you real, motherfucker, scream cheers Motherfucker, scream cheers And it is what it is